Welcome to Financial Fridays. I'm your host, Bob Gustafson, a certified financial planner and the owner of the Triton Financial Group. Today, we're going to talk about why it might be a good idea to hire a financial advisor. At some point in your life, you're going to need to make a decision as to either hire a financial advisor or go it alone. As a financial advisor myself, I have an uncomfortable conflict of interest with this question. If you're a skeptic like myself, you're probably thinking, of course a financial advisor is going to tell you to hire a financial advisor and not go it on your own. Now, when my marketing consultant, Deborah Murphy, asked me to do a podcast on this subject, I was reluctant because of the clear conflict I have in doing so. So I am going to lay out the most objective case I possibly can to help you decide which is the right path for you. Truth be told, I've always been a big fan of DIYers. In fact, I do a lot of projects on my own, ranging from plumbing, electrical, carpentry, automotive, welding. In fact, I'm willing to give just about anything a shot, provided it's not going to kill me or cost me a lot of money if I were to make a big mistake. People ask me why I like to do projects like this myself and not hire somebody. It's just because I learn something new, it's challenging, and I get some personal satisfaction in doing so. Now, when I take on a project, I always do two things. First, I try to figure out what it's going to cost me if I mess it up royally. And the second thing I look at is, am I going to be injured uh, in attempting something if I were to make a mistake? If something's not going to kill or injure me and won't cost me a ridiculous amount of money if I screw it up, then rest assured, I'm probably going to give it a shot. Sometimes for better and sometimes for worse. When it comes to managing your own finances, you should look at it the same way. Ask yourself the same two questions. You know, if, if I screw up royally, am I going to lose a significant amount of money? Or two, uh, can I be killed or injured by taking this project on myself? Now, obviously, the latter is clearly no, unless you were to get so depressed from screwing up that you decided to hang yourself from the rafters. The first question is where the rubber meets the road. Making a big mistake and costing yourself big money is where the true risk rise for the financial DIYer. Let me give you a a quick example to to think about. I've got a client that I've worked with for a long time. I think it's actually more than 20 years now. Um, And over that time, he's shared many stories about his father, who he absolutely idolizes, by the way. He's told me about how successful his dad's been throughout the course of his life and how financial savvy he is, and so on and so forth. Now, not long ago, my client came in and shared that his father had passed away a few months earlier, and the family had learned that the father had lost a boatload of money um, in the uh, stock market over, over the past few years, and they couldn't figure out how it happened, so they asked me to help figure things out. This wasn't an easy task for me to do, because the father obviously wasn't there for me to ask questions of, but I had a pretty good gut feeling I knew what happened in dealing with many situations in the past. And at the end of the day, my gut ended up proving to be true. In this situation, as in many others, um, as we age, we, we lose cognitive capacity, and oftentimes we don't recognize it. In fact, we normally are in a state of denial when we think it may be happening, which is a very normal human reaction, by the way. Long story short, the dad made a lot of mistake in the latter years because because of cognitive decline, and he obviously didn't recognize it was happening, or he might have been in denial one way or the other. He didn't have someone he was working with to keep to keep him in check. Now, fortunately for the father, he had been very successful over the course of his lifetime, so the hundreds of thousands that he only represented about a third of what he had, so the family still fared well, um, even after uh, significant losses. I also 
ran some numbers on it, you know, and figured that over the course of this person's lifetime, the fees that he would have paid an advisor would have paled in comparison to what he lost making costly mistakes. Now, keep in mind, this is just one example that I could cite out of hundreds more, but the point of these podcasts are try to keep these things as, as, as simple and uh, timely as possible. So now what I want to do is share a couple of statistics with you that I th- feel are pretty important. Um, the first is financial giant Vanguard did a study not long ago that attempted to quantify the value of professional financial advice. The conclusion they reached was that the average advisor helped his or her clients increase returns net of taxes and fees paid by about 3% a year. Now, as I mentioned earlier, um, as a consummate DIYer, um, but I'm also a skeptic and figure if a financial company is going to put out a study that benefits them, the benefits are probably not as much as they're purporting. So let's, let's look at it like this. Let's assume that the Vanguard study is only half right and the average person benefits by about 1.5% per year in return uh, by hiring a professional advisor. And that's certainly nothing to sneeze at because that can turn into a lot of money when you, effect, you consider the effects of compounding. In fact, if you look at a 20-year compound of 1.5%, that's literally having a third more money over that period of time. Um, so that's a, I think that's pretty considerable. Now, not to mention how much time a person didn't have to spend monitoring their financial decision when they hire somebody, which leads me to my next point. I do wish Vanguard took the time to broaden the study to see how much time that financially savvy people spend managing, managing their finances on a weekly basis, because I suspect if they had done that, they would have come up with a fairly significant number of hours per week that these people are actually spending. The final point I want to bring up, and is likely the most important, is how difficult it is to make wise decisions when you're emotional about a subject. Money is frequently something people get very emotional about. Whenever we make decisions based on emotions, the outcome is often suboptimal, to say the least. This holds true even for the most financially astute. I don't care how financially astute you are. As human beings, we are subject to emotions. That's what makes us human. And I suspect this is inherent in the Vanguard numbers, but I thought it important to point out uh, directly. In summary, I can boil it down to this. I find the people who are best suited to manage their own money, at least while they're mentally capable of doing so, are those who have a strong financial background and can hold their emotions in check. And also, folks that thoroughly enjoy managing their own finances and thus want to put a lot of time into it, simply because they get a true sense of personal satisfaction out of it. If this doesn't describe you, and you have other passions in life that you'd, you'd like to spend time on, then I'd suggest hiring a professional advisor because the risks of doing so are simply too high. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you found the information useful, please feel free to share it with uh, folks who you think may benefit. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe by visiting our website at financialfridayspodcast.com.